When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, everyone. What's up? Welcome to episode 28 of Outspoken. And today, I want to talk about... I want to do like a deep talk. I kind of just want to talk and talk. I didn't feel like doing commentary today. I felt like doing mental health type of episode because I know a lot of people struggle with it and I've been wanting to do one for a while. I know I did probably like little segments on my channel or my podcast before with mental health, but never like an in-depth thing. And I've been, I feel like I've been struggling with it uh, a lot more lately. So I thought it would be helpful to talk about it so other people don't feel alone and how I cope with uh, my anxiety, my depression, whatever. Um, Because it's lonely out there, dude. It is. So we're not going to be funny today, unfortunately. Well, maybe a little bit. But I feel like... um, I just feel like a lot of people could use it sometimes. So that's what today's episode is going to be. And I have some questions that people asked, so... But I wanted to start off really quickly with a funny story before we get into anything really deep, because I just came back to Massachusetts, because I live in Canada right now for a little bit, uh, but I came back to Massachusetts to visit my friends and my family, and I took a plane, and it was just, it's just it's something I've never experienced before. Also, I want to formally apologize about the cars that go by. I live on a busy street here when I'm here, and they are so loud, and all of them sound like they're falling apart, so... Um, you're welcome. Okay, so me and Sheila live like two hours away from the airport, which is kind of annoying, but whatever. Whatever. So we get to the airport. My flight's at like 2.20, and we leave at 12 o'clock. Or sorry, wow, no, we left earlier. I, we get there at 12 o'clock, right? So I go there, I do all the stuff that you got to do when you're getting on a flight, and uh, we board the plane. And then they say, just kidding, you have to deboard the plane because we have to do a security sweep. We forgot to do it. So you got to take all your stuff and get off the plane and, and wait. So I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I I just wanted to go home, but like, it's not that much of an inconvenience. Whatever, it probably took like 15 minutes. But I think that was a lie because plane people lie all the time. Pilots, people on the plane, they lie all the time because people will panic. If you don't lie, they make it sound a lot less worse than it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure. If anyone's a flight attendant, you can confirm that. Or if anyone's a pilot, you can confirm that. Or anyone who works at an airport, you can confirm that or not. But I think, I think it's true. I think it is. So we're getting back on. And you know that thing, the long thing you take before you get onto the plane? 
So I was the only one walking down it. Like I said, there wasn't a lot of people. And then there was this woman arguing on the phone. She was in one of those like bright colored vests. I don't really know if she was like a bag person or whatever, but she was on the phone and she was mad. So I started walking slower because I heard a couple of things she said. And she said something along the lines of like, um, why aren't you listening to me? Uh, I don't understand why you're listening to what the pilot's saying blah 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 and i was like oh, that's very interesting what does that mean why are you listening to the pilot we should listen to the pilot right because they're the ones who are gonna drive the car they're gonna drive the plane fly the fly, fly the plane all right and so i was trying to get a little bit more but i couldn't like if i stood there it would be obvious so i was just like fiddling around and then i finally walked away because that's basically just the gist of it that i got so i sat down in my seat and i was like just thinking about it what what does that mean Why? Why? Does the, did you hear that? Why did it sound like that? <laughs> what, what kind of truck are you driving? Anyways, so everybody gets back on the plane. We sit, we take off. It's just a normal flight. Um, and then we start nosediving. I'm joking. I'm joking. And then, so I keep the map open up on the screen because I like to see where we're going. So it was like 30 minutes into the flight and it's just like a straight shot. So then I see the plane start taking like a 180 and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe he's just like, maybe he's just get, getting a little, maybe there's something in the way there. So he's, but then he did a full 180. And so it started to look like a U and I was like, oh, okay. So then he made an announcement on the thing and he was like, uh, we're going to head back to uh, the Toronto airport because i don't even know what he said he said that it's safe to fly and it's fine but there's an issue and so we're heading back to the airport so i was like okay well that's good that's that's fun <laughs> so uh so immediately in my head i was like oh, okay so like it's the lady's fault essentially because i i overheard the conversation this dude did, didn't want to fly the plane they said it was fine to fly it anyways so then we land and then the flight attendants are they don't really know what's happening so then uh we finally find out that someone's going to come look at the plane and someone came and looked at the plane and they said this plane is not fit to fly and it was because of the navigation system it was something with the navigation system anyway so then i was like was it like in the woman's mind to maybe um just kill a bunch of people today or something like i, I would rather wait 10 hours and get on a plane that is fit to fly then get on a plane that's not fit to fly you know like i just i don't care uh so then we come off the plane and it was like 3 40 at this point and then they're like oh we're gonna have another plane for you at 4 20 <laughs> but we're gonna have another plane for you at 4 20 so it's gonna be a brand new plane it's gonna be fine it's gonna be cool that didn't happen then they were like okay we're gonna have a plane for you at 6 30 um, sorry for the inconvenience. Here's a $10 meal voucher so you can have $10 off any meal in the airport, which is great, you know, because the meals in the airport are like $1,000. So $10 off is super helpful. I was so excited about it. So I was like, okay, whatever, fuck this. $10 is insultingly low. It was, <laughs> it was um, I wanted to be like, could I get like $30 so I could have like a meal and then a drink or something? But I didn't ask that because I didn't want to be that person. And everyone else... Oh, most people took their voucher. Some people were throwing fits. And um, so I walk around the airport. There's no restaurants open. Okay, then there's like this one restaurant. The only restaurant that's open. 
And the menu just had a bunch of stuff on it that looked like it would give me heartburn. Um, and then stuff that I just wouldn't eat. There was like beet salad or something and then or in like arugula. I don't really know, which is good and healthy for you. But I just I don't I didn't. So then I just ended up getting like a $23 burger and fries. And um, and then I got a beer because I was bored. And that thing was huge. I, I kept drinking it and it wasn't going down. I couldn't I couldn't even finish it. I was sitting there for an hour. I don't know what kind of special cup that is, but at least I didn't get scammed. So then I ate the meal, whatever, and then went back in time for my 6.30 flight. Then it was delayed for like another hour. And we finally got in the air. Finally got to Boston. It was 9.30 or something. So I was tired and it just sucked. And I thought that was a great experience to share with all of you because it just sucked. And the first thing I thought about was talking about it on my podcast even if it puts you to sleep. So, oh, by the way, they gave us all a $100 gift card, I guess, to get for the inconvenience, which was nice because like a $10 meal voucher was kind of, it made me laugh. Like I laughed to myself. I was what am I going to do with $10 to get a Frappuccino at Starbucks? Because the Frappuccinos at Starbucks in the airport are like $7. And then also you're in Canada, so it's even more expensive. All right, that was my story. So now let's get into the deep stuff, okay? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So this is just, I've been... I didn't feel like doing a commentary. I haven't felt like filming. Okay. And that's not me. That's not me at all. I will film like from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I love what I do. And I was like, huh, that's very interesting. Why don't I feel like doing those things? It's probably my mental health. There's probably something going on there. And um, so that's kind of what sparked me to do this. I haven't posted a video in like 10 days. And I don't even remember the last time I, I did that. That had to be years ago. So I was just sitting there and thinking, you know, 2020, I think really took a lot, like a toll on a lot of people's mental health. I think it also opened up a lot of people's minds to how they view the world, right? Because everyone was working their jobs. They were doing this. They were doing that. They were always doing something. And then everything stopped. Everyone stopped and thought for a second. They were like, well, this is fucking bullshit, dude. This is bullshit. And I'm over it. And then everyone kind of just like, I feel like it was a universal experience almost. Everyone was kind of like, fuck this, like, fuck this, man. Uh, I don't know. That all, Everything just kind of got me thinking about the way that I'm feeling and the way that everybody else is feeling. I just want to tell you how I cope with it. Maybe it can help you. So uh, like I've said multiple times before, I, God, I don't even know when I was officially diagnosed with depression i think it was a teenager and anxiety but the, like those were just obvious things um but it's always great to talk to somebody and figure all that stuff out so oh man when i was a teenager is the worst in the world <laughs> when i was a teenager it was amplified like 10 times more so to all you struggling teenagers out there i am so sorry <laughs> i feel like it was just, I, I think it, maybe it was my situation too but oh wow that was awful 
What a horrible feeling. So what I did back then, the most I could do for myself was like do things that made me happy, like play video games. I don't really know how to deal with that stuff. I wasn't at a therapist at that point. I think I was like 12 or whatever, but it was just because of all the transition stuff and being confused about being LGBT that really played a big role in it. Yeah, as a kid. So what I would do is basically, I, I didn't really have much that I could, I would eat food and that would make me happy. I would um, play games for five hours a day and that would make me happy. Or I used to write my own little books and stories too which was fun those are the things that made me just even the tiniest shred happy so i did them even if i was only happy in those moments where i was writing for 30 minutes or playing games for two hours it was a break from my head essentially which i think everybody still needs today i think you all need that and i'm going to tell you what to do with your life no but i think everyone can benefit from that like going for a walk or going for a jog or just get, being out of your head for like at least an hour a day because it's exhausting to constantly think and think and think and that's what my issue is you deserve to have a little bit of fun every day because you don't know how much time you have left all right that's something that i live by when i really want something i will give it to myself most of the time most of the time if it's justified <laughs> like if i'm if i'm sitting there and i was like i i kind of want uh some sushi today so i'm gonna go get some sushi because the next day, what if I'm not here and I didn't get the sushi? That could have been, like, they could have made my day that day. And I didn't get it. And now I'm not. And now I'm in a coffin. So, <laughs> that sounds fucked up when you say it out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you know what I mean? You deserve the sushi. So go get the sushi. Unless you can't pay for your rent, don't get the sushi. Then it would make sense then. But if you can, if you get... Go get the sushi. Anyways, a couple of things that people ask me regarding mental health, and I thought this could be great and useful, was someone said, for me, my mental health has made me struggle with unemployment. I physically can't bring myself to apply for jobs, and the thought of working makes everything worse. Any advice for that or things to help cope? So this all depends on the situation. Like, is it a job that you need for now because you got to make some money? If that is the case, like if you just got to get a job now, you already graduated all that stuff and you just got to make some money, I would probably, I would look at my options and try to find whatever seems the best, even if it would suck. I'll give a couple analogies here. If you're in school and you don't really know what you like that much. I know when I was in school, I, I liked a lot of things, but I didn't want to do them as jobs. I really liked YouTube. I loved watching YouTubers. I loved being creative. I loved writing my own stories. I loved filming my own things and being my own little characters. I used to do it when I was younger. And I was like, well, that's kind of a hobby. It'll never be a career. No one's going to ever take it seriously. So I should probably start thinking about, you know, what to do as an actual career. And I hated the thought of that because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to be a YouTuber. I don't, I don't know why. It's just it was... It was my mission in life. So from my own experience, I ended up doing what I loved. So I would basically, I was doing it on the side because I was in high school, so I didn't have to worry about money or anything like that. And then I got older and all that great stuff. And then my YouTube started to take off. I didn't really have, I wasn't put in the position where I, I had to actually work. Basically what I'm saying is I did what I loved and it worked out good for me, but some people it doesn't always work out like that because if you start, let's just say, let's just say you hate work. Okay. Let's say you're 20, you hate work and you have a passion for painting, uh, but 
painting isn't going to pay your bills. So if I was ever in that situation, I would have a job, even if I hated it. But I would find the little things in life that make me happy. Like if I have a cool coworker, or if I go and I get a coffee every day after work as a reward, or a new game every month. As a, that's kind of often. A new game every once in a while as a reward. Something like that. And I would take what I really love to do and have it on the side, right? So if I love to paint and I actually wanted to like sell paintings or put them in art shows, I would start working on that as much as I could. Um, and then I'd have my regular job to, you know, pay the bills or whatever. And then you'll have no time. So it'll be really fun because <laughs> you'll be working and then you'll be painting and then you'll just have no time at all. And that's great. And that's how the world works. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I think that's a very good idea for people who are, they feel like they're stuck or they have a passion that they want to go for, but you can't really do that because you, you need money. It's a good balance. Um, that's what a lot of YouTubers have done as well. And just a lot of people in general, actors, you know, people were waitresses and then they became big actors. I don't know, dude. I, I'm just a big person of you should do what you want to do. Uh, sometimes you're going to have to do things that you don't like, which is fine. But eventually you'll be able to do what you love to do. I did. I this is this is what happened with me. I don't know what age I was. I think I was like 18. I, I was like, I should probably get a job and get some experience, even if it's in retail, because it'll be it'll be good for me you know, before I head off into the real world. So I went to interview at Macy's and it was the weirdest thing. I hated it. I felt like a complete adult and I did an interview. <clears throat> I don't even remember what it was like. And then I got the job because it was just Macy's in the back, like stocking boxes. But then also I was on the floor. I don't know. I applied for part-time and then they gave me full-time hours. So I don't even know what happened there. So I worked for a day and then I quit after one day. So you could say I was a very hard worker, but what ended up happening, <laughs> what ended up happening was I was putting security tags on shirts and then I put them all the wrong way and I did it on like 50 shirts and I was the new guy and then I hung them up and then someone was like, this is wrong. Who did this? And I was like, fuck, I did it. So then I had to go to a register and take every single one of them off, which was just annoying because it's like a kind of an annoying little thing. You got to stick it in there and like play around with it. I don't know. That's what she said. I don't really know. I don't know. Anyways, I ended up doing it. I took all of them off just to because I didn't want anyone else to have to do that. And then we had lunch breaks. So then what I ended up doing was I had lunch and then I left the mall and I walked home and that was on the highway. That That was a very far walk. That was definitely a very far walk. And I walked home and I was like, I just forget it. I just forget it. I guess I just didn't like it very much, even though it was one day. So I can see what you're talking about when you don't want to do a job that you don't like and it fucks with your mental health. But if you have to look for a job and if you're dreading it and you don't want to do it, but you got to do it, what I would do is look at as many jobs as I can and find the one that's the least worst or the one that suits me the best. And um, just work there for a little bit until you can find a job that you actually like or, or passion that you actually like. You can get paid for it. Something like that. Because it's gonna, it's, there's going to be times in your life when it does suck and you've got to do some things that you don't really want to do. 
but there will be a point in your life where things don't suck. So I hope that helps a little bit. And it is the little things that make your days better. So even if you hate working where you work, I think that you should give yourself a reward all the time, whenever you can, because that is not, I am so weird about work. I always have been when I was a teenager. I never wanted to work for anybody. I was one of those people, okay? I was one of those guys. You know those YouTube guys who are like, you can start your own business. All you have to do is quit your job. And then you're like, and, and then what? And then what? There's only 2,000 in my bank account. Can I, can I do a business with that? Yes, you can. In the first three years, you're going to lose all your money, but you'll be fine. And then no, and no. And that's not how it works. That's... <laughs> And then you're fucked. This is a little vague, but it's how to ask for help. And this is a hard thing to do because you have to admit to yourself first that you want help. Um, so that's already a big start, like leaving that comment. But asking for help can be so awkward, especially if you've got family who's unsupportive and who's like, uh, I don't believe in therapists. I don't believe in talking to professionals or whatever. So what I would do in that situation is if I was in school, I would probably talk to the school counselor and tell them a little bit about what I'm going through. Maybe not too much because school counselors can be sketchy. Some of them are really great though. I had a really, really great one and she was really nice and helpful, but they can definitely help you a little bit. Uh, that's what they're there for. And if that's the only person you can talk to, like at least you've got someone to talk to, right? So if you're not in school or you don't want to ask your school counselor and you want to say it to your parents, regardless of your age, whether you're 13 or whether you're 25 and you're still with your parents, like, I mean, I, I, like I always say, I don't know everybody's parents, but you could always go up to your parents and be like, hey, I think I'd really like someone to talk to because I'm, I'm feeling a little down lately, so it would be helpful if I could talk to somebody. Could you help me out with that? Could you help me look somebody up or something like that? And I think a good handful of parents would help their kid and look for a therapist or whoever you're looking for, but if they're rude about it, I, I do think the school counselor is a very good idea or your friends, like if you tell your friends and if asking your parents isn't successful or they just don't want to help you out and you can't do anything about it, what I would do is like at my next doctor's appointment, whenever that is, um, I would talk to my doctor about it because they can be very, very helpful as well. Because if you're asking for help, you need help and you shouldn't be denied that by anybody. So yeah, and if your parents again aren't helpful, you maybe you have a sibling or maybe you have a friend who you could reach out to and be like, hey, how can you help me get help? Okay, so I have this one LGBT story today, but I just had to step away for a second because it made me tear up. I already read it before, but like reading it again, it's not any easier. Okay, it's, 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 it's sad and I'm gonna do, I wanna give a lot back on this story. So listen up and the title of this is called Living a Lie, and it says, I'm living a huge lie and have been since I was like eight. When I was a kid, I never told anyone I was a girl. I always insisted that I was a boy. My mom tried to tune me out by saying that, no, I was confused. I am a girl. Biologically, I am female. But I knew she was wrong. People referring to me as female always felt wrong, but because my mom and stepdad were extremely abusive, I lied to everyone around me, pretending to be the most feminine girl I could possibly be when also struggling with intense depression. I was angry when I started going through puberty and tried to hide my breasts as much as possible and force myself to wear feminine clothes. Every time I even wore anything masculine, my mom and stepdad would attack me. In 2016, I tried to transition, but everyone around me attacked me, verbally, not physically, including my brother-in-law, and no matter how much I insisted, they kept saying it's not true. They said because I had children with guys that it couldn't be true, 
the ignorance, so I stopped dressing the way I wanted to because I was scared of losing my family and everyone around me. I hate everything about my body and still suffer from depression about it. I've actually been more recently considering transitioning, but every time I bring it up, my boyfriend gets extremely angry with me. I thought for sure I wouldn't feel at 29 what I felt as a kid, but I still do. I still struggle with depression and even thoughts of hurting myself because I feel like I have no control over myself. I thought I was going to outgrow this feeling, but I haven't. I just wanted to say your YouTube channel has opened my eyes a lot more, and it helped me understand that what I was feeling wasn't me being crazy or abnormal. I'm actually considering more than ever now to transition, but I'm still nervous. I just want to tell you thank you. I just want to tell you thank you, though. Your videos help me a lot. Okay, my friend. All right, so this reminds me a lot of me because I knew when I was very young, too, and I tried to be very feminine, and I tried to outgrow the feeling and... The feeling of gender dysphoria is very distinct, in my opinion. It's a feeling that I still don't understand. <laughs> but I knew when I was young like that. And I thought by, like you, by a certain age, I would outgrow that. And that age was like 16 years old. I thought I would. Because I felt it young as well. And I was like, yeah, when I'm a teenager, I'll probably just be over whatever the fuck this shit is. But I wasn't. And then I got to a very low point in my life as well. I hated the way I looked. I hated my body. I had this intense feeling inside it's literally undescribable just i knew i was a boy and it kept following me for years for years and years and years and i was like this is not right this is not how i'm i shudder at the thought of being called she i when i was younger i just thought i was one of the boys and then you get older and then it's like okay well now everyone's just kind of going through their puberty and everyone's looking at everybody differently and I hated it. Sorry for the truck. So with your situation specifically, it does sound like nobody around you is okay with you even wearing like masculine clothing or doing anything that's not traditionally feminine, I guess. Um, if someone around me can't respect the fact that I am me and I wanna wear this t-shirt or I wanna have this tattoo or I want my hair this short, then I feel like their opinion of me is like it shouldn't it's not considered their value to me goes down because they can't see past like a t-shirt from the men's section um, or a haircut or whatever it is and even transitioning they don't know you they don't know what you're going through they don't know your whole life they don't know how you felt so for someone to sit there and tell you like uh, no, you don't actually feel this way. You're supposed to be this way, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The same bullshit that they always say. It's It says a lot more about them than it does about you because you have one life and you should live it the way that you want to live it. And that's just how I've always looked at life. And it's not an easy situation to get out of, especially what you're into. And, and a lot of LGBT people know this as well. When you start living for yourself, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices that are going to be made. And that can be relationships as well because it happened with me it happens with a lot of people and those are things that i was willing to give up to make myself happy because i don't like that person's perspective of me and opinion about me is less important to me than the way that i feel about myself or, or, or what i'm doing with my life i don't care if they want to sit there and call me mentally ill i don't care if they want to sit there and pretend that i'm crazy or whatever like that that's that's their business like they can go ahead and think that i know that's not about me 
at all. I know who I am and I'm confident with who I am and this is how I want to be and this is who I want to be. So I had to get to that point of not caring. And it's not easy. You you might not even fully not care. You're, you still might care. But at the end of the day, it's always your life and what you want to do with your life. And it's so... It is so annoying to me when people act like that because they don't know you and they don't know what it's like to be you. And also having children doesn't make you any less of being trans or anything like that. That doesn't even make any sense. This is the body that you're given, work with it, whatever. That doesn't make, that doesn't change anything. That doesn't even make any sense. (laughs) Trans people have kids all the time. So he just doesn't know what he's talking about. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, and this goes in general for everybody. I think that everyone deserves to be with somebody who supports them in what they want to do and doesn't get angry at them for it. So like if uh, Sheila wanted to become a full-time gamer, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, go be a full-time gamer. If Sheila wanted to wear a, a jumpsuit, that's her new fashion. I'd be like, yeah, wear the jumpsuit just because like I, I love her and I care about her and I like she can do what she wants to do. You know, it's not going to make me, it's not going to make my perception of her any different. But when it comes to transitioning in a relationship, sometimes people aren't going to be okay with that, which is something I understand. Like if I transitioned into a woman and Shayla was like, well, I'm not into women. I love you, but I'm not into women. Like that's something I can understand. Um, it's nothing to like, I mean, sure, you can feel all types of emotions about it if your partner transitioned and then you, you break up and whatever, anything like that. I get that, but... For your for a partner to not let you do those things and be yourself, like that's not fair. This isn't this isn't like one one relationship. It's two people in a relationship, right? So if you're gonna transition, and the relationship's gonna be over because it's essentially that, like they don't they don't want to date the the new gender that you are. That's fine or whatever. But to just to be a piece of shit about it is not very nice. I feel like partners should always be supportive to their significant other uh, unless they're doing something completely illegal, but helping them out and, you know, if you love someone, you're going to do that. So I didn't mean for that to be so long, but the story just really got to me and I don't want, I don't want people to have regrets in their life. You know what I'm saying? That's why I post what I post. I personally think everyone should do what they want to do with themselves and with their lives regardless of what other people think. And like I said, it's going to be hard. It's not an easy thing, but you get to a point where you're like, I just fuck it, just fuck it. And I'm going to do this for me and I'm going to live for me. That's the point that I had to get to, to get to where I am today. And people who want to talk shit about it or punch you down about it, I feel like they weren't even worth it in the first place. Even if it's your own parents, even if it's your own siblings or your own best friends, like it says a lot about them when they act that way about what you're doing with your life it's just it says a lot and it's it's unfair i hope that helps and i hope you do what you want to do stay safe though Uh, if you have any stories that you would like to submit you can submit them to outspokensam at gmail.com i was thinking of doing a full episode of lgbtq stories i feel like that could be fun um at one point because there's so there's just there's a lot of them and they're all sometimes they take five to ten minutes to read and talk about so i think that could be fun let me know what you think about that and um 
And I'll see you all next week with a new episode. Thank you for listening. And do one thing today that will make you happy, even if it takes five minutes. Just do it.